0: Welcome back to your tech report. Welcome back to your tech report. I am Marco Flallow. He is Mitchell Whitfield. Follow along with us on Twitter. It is at Your Tech Report. Facebook.com slash Your Tech Report. Of course, Instagram and youtube.com slash yourtechreport. So, earlier this week, I was invited to a very cool event by our good friends over at Sony, uh, during which they demonstrated some really cool products and projection, home theaters, soundbars, TVs, but unfortunately, I was pressed for time, so I wasn't able to do this interview then. So, we're we're fast-forwarding a couple days, and I want to welcome my next guest, Carl Warminiak, who is the National Training Manager for Canada for Sony. Carl, welcome back to your Tech Report. It's so nice to have you here again.
1: Absolutely, so happy to be back.
0: You know, I I wish we could have done this obviously in front of the televisions and in front of the production, but but we'll 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 make do without it. We'll just chat on the phone here. And and one of the things um, you let off when we talked on Tuesday, you, you told me this really cool story about how you first got you know your first introduction to Sony.
1: Can you tell that story again for our listeners? Yeah, so you know I'm I'm a child of the '80s, so not to really uh, let out my my age here, but. Um, I grew up in a house that had nothing but Sony. And, you know, my dad was from a, I'm from a European heritage, and so there's a prestige in owning Sony back then. And so my dad had this huge audio stand in in our place, and it was in glass, locked up, but everything in there was Sony, from the turntable to the amplifier to the processor to the old-school tape deck to the first CD player, you know, he had it all. He, he drank the Kool-Aid when he was uh, <laughs> in, in his age. And he'd always go to me, right? And he'd kind of point at this, this audio stand go, you see that? See that logo, that ES logo? He'd go, that's good stuff. And give me the thumbs up and then go, don't touch it. Right? And um, I always remembered that that was like the really, really high-end stuff. And eventually I got some of that gear that I was able to actually start playing with as my dad upgraded. And to this day, some of those pieces from the 80s still reside like in his garage for a pretty awesome little sounding system. So um, at a young age, I was kind of exposed to some really high-end stuff from Sony when we were in our heyday when it came to really high-end premium audio and uh, just naturally transitioned to what I do day in and day out today.
0: Well, which is cool because not only do you get to talk about the Sony products, but you also you bring up an interesting anecdote, which is that Sony, long before televisions, long before there was pictures, Sony started as an audio company. So I say that, and I want to reinforce that, because I think that people of today's generation don't necessarily remember that. And that's very, very big to the whole Sony story and the whole product line, is it not?
1: Yeah, very true. Right, It's, it's something that a lot of people don't realize, but back in 1955 when Sony was you know, basically created... Um, the two engineers that actually created Sony were both audio engineers. They were you know, music fanatics, audio fanatics, and their first product was a transistor radio. That uh, you know, portable listening experience, that if anyone listened to headphones in any capacity you know, before, before they heard us talk today, that experience would have never come to fruition if it wasn't for Sony. You know, Those two engineers kind of created that first portable audio experience, and if you think back to you know, us as kids... Um, Our first audio experience, if you're, you know, born in the 70s, 80s, or 90s, uh, your first portable listening experience was probably on a Sony Walkman, radio, or Discman, right? Unless you, you know, born in the 2000s and beyond, then that's probably on an iPod, but there's a good chance that it was on Sony headphones. So that whole experience of portable listening and portable audio and having that freedom of being able to enjoy your music however and whenever you want in your own kind of personal world, it's because of Sony, and that helped build our brand, into what it is today uh, as being, you know, a great TV maker, which helps fuel our business. But as, uh, Sony, as a brand, first and foremost, is all about audio. This
0: is, this is why I love talking about some of the history of companies too, because it helps put into perspective the the things that are being made by the company today. And and before we still before we go into talking about the products, there was one other thing that we had talked about, and that is the fact that Sony as a company. Um, you know, for those who don't know, Sony has a, a music division who is producing, who is representing artists, who is um, recording the, the soundtracks that we hear in our movies today. Then there's Sony Pictures, who's producing for television, who's produ- producing for movies. All of which not only touch the brand, but the equipment that is being used for all these high-end productions. It, it, really, at the end of the day, Sony is touching all these different genres. So when we talk about watching something that is on a Sony projector or something that is on a Sony television the the fact that the company owns all these brands and is, has its fingers on the pulse of all these different industries is important because you know that that Blu-ray is being mastered from the original 4K master. You know, you're not, you're, not, you're not looking at another company that is, you know, looking how to play back someone else's technology, et cetera, et cetera. And this plays a big role in the products as they're made today.
1: Yeah, very, very much so, right? Like the, if you think about when you walk into a store, what other brand that sells video and audio products actually has to make those products first for the professionals. So meaning that the fact that we own studio, right? We just uh, finished E3 earlier this week, and we had some crazy announcements about games. So yeah. we, we understand how content has to be made and captured, and we have to actually please probably the most difficult people in the world when it comes to perfection. They demand, demand perfection when it comes to their content capturing, if it's either video using a camera or audio using a professional studio microphone we have to make those products first to appease the most difficult clients in the world. And then we take that expertise and we filter that down into the products that you can walk into your favorite retail store and buy. And that's something that's super powerful from, from Sony's story. And, you know, all those engineers definitely talk to our consumer electronics engineers and really give us an edge above everyone else when it comes to how we derive color on our televisions to how we create audio through your headphones or through your portable listening experience. So, uh, very, very valid, and it's a huge kind of story of Sony's uh, footprint in, in this world. We could probably
0: spend an hour talking about just the, the the products and probably geek out on that stuff, but I think we'll probably lose half our listeners. So, so, so let's talk projection. Let's start <laughs> with projection because, um, it, you know, before we even touch on the technology for a second. Talk about the ideal use case for projection versus large television, because this changed over time, and obviously you know things are getting brighter, things are getting more clearer, and things are there's you know buzzwords like h d r and and true four k so can you describe the the uses for projection and the best cases for those versus a large television for example
1: absolutely right like so you know our our television lineup is getting bigger and more affordable right this year. We have four different 75-inch TVs. We have a 77-inch OLED. We have a, a pair of 85-inch panels that we're going to be selling this year. So um, this year I'm always kind of saying the new 65-inch is now a 75-inch TV, and the new 75-inch TV is an 85 because uh, those prices have definitely kind of come down. So people are going to naturally now want to gravitate to a larger screen. And, and what I like I talked about in that training was – a lot of people that buy these big screens now, they're not necessarily putting them above the fireplace, right? If you're buying a 75 or 85-inch type TV, you're putting it in a dedicated room, right? You either have a renovated basement or space in the basement to put a big TV or or a dedicated media bonus room that's part of your new home construction. So you're looking at building yourself a mini theater. But I think everyone's looking at those big TVs thinking, that's awesome, but what I really want is a 100-inch or 120-inch screen. And a lot of people kind of don't even invest the time to look at one of those options because they think well that's for the rich right that's something that i won't be able to afford and actually install and, and implement properly and um, i'm going to not necessarily compromise having to go with a 75 or 85 inch tv because those tvs are incredible but projection opens up a, a complete new world there's a reason why we still you know spend $50 to $100 to go for a date night to go to the movie theater yeah. because we want and crave that big screen, big sound experience. And that's why we want that in our homes. So we uh, we really talked about uh, how you can take a customer who's looking at a 75 or 85-inch TV and naturally introduce the discussion of projection because more people will crave the big screen experience um, than necessarily a big TV experience. And projection really brings it because once you got it, you were like, "How did I live without this?" And this is the best thing ever. And I'll never give it up once I have
0: it. And this emphasizes really the importance of when you're shopping around for something like this. Number one, there's the investment, obviously, on the on the cost side. But it's important to be talking to people who know what they're talking about. Because if you walk into a store and and they don't ask you about the environment in which you're going to be installing this television or this projector, um, then then the wrong questions or the right questions aren't being asked to really ensure that they're they're fitting your needs. So. You know, so this really comes down to number one. When you're shopping for these kind of things, make sure you you spend the time to ask the questions to really make sure that you're going to do yourself justice, not only today but moving forward. Now, now this really comes yeah. down also, Carl, to to optimal viewing distance. Right? It's about that space. A lot of it has to do with how far are you going to be away from your screen? And you brought up this calculation when we spoke on Tuesday. Well, can you reiterate what that is and how it, how but the difference it makes?
1: Absolutely. So. You know, understanding the space that you're going to, you know, entertain in and be able to enjoy, you know, movie experiences, gaming experiences. I think it's absolutely crucial. And understanding, I always kind of say, "Where's the couch? How far is the couch from where I'm going to be sitting?" And you definitely want to make sure that you, when you make that decision to invest into one of these big TVs or potentially a projector, that you find that dealer that is going to ask you those right questions. That if they're going to ask you the, "What's your budget?" the first one may not be the place that you want to invest your dollars into because you, you want them to understand your needs, your space, your, your watching habits, and how you actually enjoy this new, new big screen experience. And so first and foremost, understand where the couch is. Um, and I kind of talked about there's a, a group of engineers, scientists, they're called SIMTI, that basically help determine how big the movie theater screens need to be. And uh, they also help determine how how many seats you can put in that auditorium to ensure that no matter where you sit, even if you do get stuck in those first two rows that you think, oh, those are the worst seats in the house, those are actually more often not the best seats in the house. And they make sure that no matter where you're sitting, you get the best experience. But they also help set some standards for television viewing. And the rule of thumb now, especially with 4K, uh, it's not like what my dad used to tell me that when I was playing video games, I'm sitting too close (laughs) to the TV. And while I was sitting 10, 12, 14 feet away from a a 36-inch Trinitron back in the day, right? But now with 4K, in order for us to actually decipher those 8.8 million pixels of information that's put on that screen, the rule of thumb is for every 10 inches of screen size, it's one foot of seating distance. So um, 65 inch, you're looking at six and a half feet, 75 and seven and a half feet, and it goes up from there. So if you're uh, not willing to move the couch closer, then you definitely want to look at the biggest screen possible, and that biggest screen might actually be a projector. Then.
0: Okay, so listeners, let me reiterate that: for every ten inches of screen size, it's one foot of seating distance. And you you brought up something very interesting, which is the comparison or the the lessons we learn from the movie theater experience. And the importance really is, is that when you're in a movie theater, you're it's all about just seeing the screen. That's what's in your vision. You're ignoring the rest of the environment so that you're you're, you're, you're engulfed in the screen and you're brought into the experience more than anything else. And that's the same thing that you're trying to accomplish here with that kind of calculation, is that you want to be in a range so that your eyes are seeing just what they need to see, which is really important.
1: Exactly. No distractions, right? Nothing in your peripheral vision. You don't want to see that. the the white of the back of your wall. You don't want to be able to see anything back there. Your eyes want to only focus on that screen, that that beautiful 4K resolution, that high dynamic range color that you get with this new high-end content. Um, That's what makes the movie theater experience so great that we can get lost for two hours plus in a movie with no distraction because all you're doing is being engulfed by this beautiful picture and this tremendous sound around you. And, And that's what we crave to be able to, you know, recreate in our homes as best as possible and I think, you know, if you invest in Sony, uh, we're the one brand that gets that better than anybody else. And um, you talk to the right Sony-trained associate in a store, and they're going to help build that vision for you the right way.
0: So you talk about picture, and these days we're talking about things like true 4K, and we're talking about HDR, the big buzzword these days. And, you know, HDR and true, true 4K on Sony's projectors are are radically different than the competition. And I'm not just saying this. You actually showed me a demo on Tuesday. You showed me a competitor's projector. Can you explain the difference in how we perceive it?
1: Yeah, especially for, for 4K. So there's um, what, what we you know, deem as being true 4K. It, it should just basically essentially be there's high definition, which is 2 million pixels of information that can fill a screen, and then there's true 4K, which is going to reproduce 8.8 million pixels. Um, so we do that in our projectors. We we don't. We have standard high definition, and then you have the option that you can spend a little more and get into true 4K. And some of the other options that are out there on the market are technologies called 4K e-shift or 4K enhanced, which are essentially sort of 4K. I call them 4K-ish, right? Or or 4K is what what I what I kind of deem them as in my trainings. And um, they're... They're a value-based kind of solution that, you know, looks fantastic on paper. The specs show that the the numbers all look good and they have a great price point in comparison to the Sonys. Uh, But what the difference is, is the fact that they can accept the 4K signal. So if you have a 4K Blu-ray player or 4K gaming console, cable or satellite box, or if you're streaming Netflix from 4K, those projectors, they'll accept the 8.8 million pixels of information. But the regrettable thing is the processor that's within that actual projector is only HD, 2 million pixels. So essentially they have to throw away over 60-70% of the pixel resolution and then using their technology called eShift, they basically shift the pixels or or upscale them back to 4K. So you, you are kind of losing the director's intent of mastering this in 4K, showing it to you in the movie theater in 4K. But then these projectors throw away, you know, 60, 70 percent of the original content um, and then have to upscale it within their own processor. And so Sony doesn't really work like that. You know, you pay a little bit of a premium for it. But the fact that we actually accept 4K, we process in 4K, we output in 4K. There's no compromise. There's no loss of resolution. And you're getting exactly what that director wanted for you to be able to watch that movie or that TV show or enjoy that game um, in full 4K resolution, and then you get the benefit of high dynamic range, which gives you that fantastic color and and contrast as well.
0: Yeah, and I think the best way to really describe this for people who are trying to imagine the, the visual difference is that the sharpness, the details are so much clearer on those Sony projectors um, and things like skin tone and and the richness of the color and contrast. So this is Your Tech Report. He is Mitchell Whitfield. I am Marco Flalo, and we are joined by Carl Warminiak, who is the National Training Manager for Canada for Sony. We're going to take a quick break and come back and start to talk about televisions right here on Your Tech Report. Follow along with us on Twitter. It's at your yourtechreport, facebook.com slash Report, And, of course, contact at yourtechreport.com.
1: There's more Your Tech Report after this.
0: Welcome back to your tech report. Welcome back to your tech report. He is Mitchell Whitfield. I am Marco Flalo. Please follow along with us on Twitter. It's at your tech report, Facebook.com, Slash Your Tech Report, YouTube.com slash Your Tech Report. And our email address, contact at your We are in conversation with Carl Warminiak, who is the national training manager for Sony. Canada, and we've been talking about projectors. We talked about a little bit about the history of the company. Well, let's move on to TVs for a second because I'm noticing something, noticing something interesting. We're not even talking about TVs smaller than 55 inches anymore. Is that something intentional, a shift in the market based on research, based on usage, or just based on the technology and what people are, want? I'm, I'm trying to figure out why that is.
1: Well, you know, like I said, with 4K, we, we recognize that in order for you to get the best 4K experience, Uh, where you maybe had an HDTV floor, so the the popular size 10 years ago for high definition was 50-inch, right? That was the gold standard. That's what everyone wanted to get. But you probably sat 10 to 12, maybe 14 feet away from that 50-inch TV, which was fine for high definition. But if you go and you replace that 50-inch plasma or or first-generation LCD that you bought 10 years ago with a 55-inch 4K, but you don't adjust your seating distance... Um, you're not really getting any benefit of buying that 4K TV. Yes, it's going to be brighter. And maybe the detail might be a little bit sharper, but unless you're willing to sit a little bit closer, the, the human eye cannot decipher that detail. So, majority of Sony's business is really shifted towards those larger screens. That, and, and because the TVs are, if you look, if you saw the design of them, they're essentially bezeless, right? If you think yeah. about the TVs from 10 years ago, they would these yeah. big, chunky, thick frames. So where you fit your 50-inch TV 10 years ago, you can put a 65-inch or 70-inch Sony in the same spot, and it takes up the same footprint on your wall or on your TV stand because the bezel is almost gone. So that's where we're really trying to educate uh, sales associates on how to be able to sell this to customers and also customers to understand that don't be afraid that that big TV is going to take over your space or too big of a screen. If you want to get this benefit of 4K, you're going to invest into... You know, then 4K Netflix. You're going to invest into a yeah. uh, 4K gaming console. You gotta sit a little bit closer or buy the biggest TV you can to really leverage and take advantage of uh, this amazing quality. Now,
0: you know, Carl. You know, uh, these days all the rave seems to be OLED, but there's still a pretty good case for LCD televisions, isn't there?
1: Yeah, very much so. Like we're we're one of the few brands that uh, really want to give the customer the choice. Um, a lot of our competitors have kind of put their eggs in one basket, and they're either going with you know, an led-based model saying it's the end-all be-all or the other brands are looking at oled being the best of the best and we feel that you know both of them have tremendous options and it really comes down to understanding w- what the customer space is um our lcd you know tvs are fantastic uh, the one that you saw at the show the, the x900f is our full array backlight tv it's got some fantastic motion technology it's super bright so meaning that you can use it in almost any lighting environment, right? If you have a room where you can't really control the light, you've got a lot of windows, you have a really open concept space. Um, I still highly recommend and we train that an LED TV is going to be your best choice because in those bright sunny days, LED is going to always you know, look fantastic. Whereas if you have kind of a darker room, you really want that best deep contrast or so you love those deep inky blacks, but you have a room where you can actually control the light. You can close the blinds, turn the lights down. Um, and you need that wide viewing angle, then OLED is going to be a fantastic choice. If you're a movie fanatic, you know OLED looks incredible. But bottom line is, when you look at Sony, we offer the best of both worlds. It's not about uh, picking one and basically pushing that that agenda. It's about understanding the customer space, how they consume content, what kind of content they're going to watch, and really understanding the room so we can help. Pick the right TV that's going to fit you for the next five to ten years.
0: Now you know this. You know I wish I could keep you on the phone for another like hour because I, we we didn't even touch on sound bars, but we're we're gonna, we're going to do that uh, in another interview I think because we we're we're getting hands on. We're going to be getting some products sent to us, so we're going to be able to talk about that a little bit more hands on. the The one thing I wanted sure. to talk about before you leave is the integration with Google Assistant. I noticed that that, that was, integration was as strong as I've ever seen it on any television before. And I'm curious why Google versus Siri versus Amazon. Is it just because of the number of, of channels of content and the, the, the you know, compatibility?
1: Well, with us, we've been partnering with Google now since 2015. So we're now on our fourth generation of TVs that use the Android platform. And now in the in the last, you know, two years, the last two generations of Sonys, we've implemented the Google Assistant. And so, you know, the Google Assistant has been kind of one of the biggest growing kind of smart assistants. Um, it's, it's hard pressed to be able to even find one back at Christmas that everyone was trying yeah. to buy those Google Home Minis. Well, now having that built into our TV and being able to essentially push the microphone button on our remote and not just you know, look for content, right? If you want to watch something, you just go, I want to watch action movies. You don't even have to be specific anymore. And it will bring up every single app and resource that's available through the Android TV platform and help you find content that you want to watch. But the power of Google is the fact that you basically have Google in your TV. So if you want to find out yesterday's sports score, weather, um, random facts that you're arguing with your significant other on a capital (laughs) city of somewhere, or... Uh, When did this war end? Whatever it is, you have that full capability that you can use your television to do that. But also that you can integrate your Internet of Things, IoT world. So if you want to get one of the thermostats or you want to get a security camera or a video doorbell or lighting system, um, you don't have to reach for your phone and open the app to be able to control that interface. The fact that you can use your Sony television as the central hub because of Google Assistant you can go when your doorbell rings show me the front door change my temperature down to 20 degrees whatever it's going to be you do that all with your television because of the Google assistant built in so it's a powerful tool and your TV becomes a central media hub and it just works it's so seamless it's flawless and uh, it's going to want it's going to push you to be able to buy more of these devices in your home because now you have such simple control using the Google Assistant built-in on Sony TVs.
0: Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to testing that out because my house is, uh, people listening to the show know that I've been an early adopter of the smart home stuff, so everything in my house is connected somehow to the Internet. So this is the ideal, this is what's been missing in my house, quite honestly, because, you know, I've had a Roku television before. I've had different, different. you know, I have a Sony in my bedroom, but not a newer one. So I need to get, I need to get up to date here. So we'll, we'll work on that one for sure. Carl? Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We will definitely talk in the near future because there's so many things we haven't had a chance to talk about. But uh, I know it's time for you to get going home. So uh, thank you again, and we look forward to talking to you in the future.
1: Absolutely, my pleasure. We'll, uh, we'll talk all about big sound next time because you can't have that big screen experience without big sound. So looking forward to that next talk.
0: Carl Warminiak, the National Trading Manager for Sony and Canada. As you head out for your shopping spree this Father's Day, take a look at those Sony brands. They are something to definitely get your eyes on. It is your tech report. He is Mitchell Whitfield. I am Marco Flallo. Thank you again for joining us this week. Back again next week with some more great content. Please follow along with us on Twitter. It is at yourtechreport, facebook.com slash yourtechreport, instagram.com slash yourtechreport, com slash report. Great content there as well. If you want to email us, contact at yourtechreport.com. On behalf of Mitchell Whitfield, I am Marco Flalo. We will speak to you again next week.
1: You've been tuned in to Your Tech Report. Join us again next week for another edition. And be sure to follow Your Tech Report online. Email us contact at YourTechReport.com. Follow us on Twitter at Your Tech Report. Like us on slash Your Tech Report. For the latest in breaking tech news and reviews, Your YourTechReport.com.
0: What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves.